coming to you dead in front of a dead studio audience. 31 days, 31 podcasts. It's Helpful Snowman Pottoween 2023. All right, everybody, we're back. Uh, And today we're talking about a little show called Wishbone, uh, specifically an episode called Frankenbone from October 31st, 1995. Now this was, uh, so it actually aired on Halloween and, you know, was kind of Wishbone's first spooky Halloween classic. All right, I need to go back and explain for just a second. If you don't know what Wishbone was, Wishbone... (laughs) was a like PBS show that was uh, trying to explain classic books to kids or kind of introduce kids to classics of literature. And um, so the way it did it was it, they found like the cutest dog that's ever lived. I mean, he is so adorable, right? And so each episode, the way it worked was you would have sort of the, let's call it the real world. And that's where Wishbone is a little dog that nobody can hear, but you, the, the viewer, can hear, you know, and he talks in a semi-obnoxious voice. And then there's, like, a group of three kids who do stuff. And then it cuts back and forth between the real world and the book world. Each episode focuses on a different book, right? So you might have something going on in the real world, and then it's, like, Wishbone's, like, that reminds me of a book I read once called The Odyssey by Homer. And he'll explain a little bit what it's about. And then we'll cut to the in-book world. Uh, and <laughs> what's great. So, you know, I'll just, I'll kind of explain how the, the Frankenbone episode works, okay? So the story starts out and the real world story that, you know, parallels what happens in the book is the kids are doing a science fair. And one of the kids is building a a robot. He's saying he's like trying to discover the secret of life. Um, And so, you know, he's got it in his garage and he's working on it. And then lightning strikes and it, you know, causes the robot to go crazy somehow. Uh, And then, you know, Wishbone is like, this reminds me of a tale. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Now, here's here's where this got amazing. And I was fucking dying laughing watching this because i i watched a lot of wishbone as a kid and i say a kid but i was like 12 or 13 i was uh definitively too old for wishbone and watched it like every day because it was on after school when i got home and i i loved it probably because wishbone was so freaking cute and i i don't think i would have put it that way at the time but i just loved it and like i remembered the kids acting being terrible. And I am not someone who I don't really understand acting. Like, uh, some people will be like, oh my God, this person was so bad in this movie. And I, I don't really know. I think there's just a threshold for me. It has to be so bad that I can tell that it's bad. Um, or it has to be, you know, but that's basically it. It's, it's like a pass. Acting is a pass fail for me. Like, if you said I had to grade acting at A, B, C, D, F, it would be impossible for me. You know, in, in a vacuum, like, nobody else tells me. I mean, if it's an F, I know it's an F. And if it's not an F, I usually know it's not an F. But that's about it. 
But even so, you know, it was kid act, but they're kids, like whatever. And then um, I guess I also watching it now. Okay, let's go back to this. So I was fucking dying watching this because the way it works is once they're in the book world, Wishbone plays the main character of the books, right? So in this case, Wishbone is Dr. Frankenstein. So the book world sequence opens and they're in like a courtroom or something and it's a bunch of doctors having an argument. And they're all, and it, it like cuts to Wishbone sitting in a chair just with like two regular ass guys on the chairs on the opposite sides of him. And Wishbone's there like with little glasses and a little vest on. And he's like, well, I think the secret of life is, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden he's Dr. Frankenstein, right? And he's super serious and trying to um, create this monster from dead flesh. <laughs> it's so fucking funny though because i'm like they just they treat him exactly like just a guy you know he's odysseus he's robin hood he's fucking uh mowgli he's whoever in the books right and so it's so good because it i just the thinking about it now like you're an actor and i i'm sure a lot of these actors are just like working actors you know what i mean and they show up and they're like okay so you're gonna just treat this dog like a guy you know what i mean and Act, they act with Wishbone as though he's a guy. And there's just something about the visual of it and the, the idea that is so fucking funny to me. Um, I, I was delighted. So anyway, um, the episode basically, and every episode works like this. The, the real world story parallels the book story, which is, I gotta be honest, like I was watching this episode and like, I wouldn't exactly call it riveting television or whatever, but I was like, I think this may have been the most effective idea and execution as far as introducing kids to classic literature um, in a palatable way. Because what they do is they give you the very basics of the book in the wishbone sequence. And, you know, the smart thing they do is like that features wishbone heavily, right? In the real world sequence, he's usually kind of running around in the background and doing his own thing a little bit and is probably in on the screen 30 to 50 percent of that time. But then in the book, he's like 100 percent of the time he's on screen. You know what I mean? He is the star. And so I always preferred those sequences. But anyway, they always show basically the entire plot of the book in that. And then the real world sequence tells a very parallel story so it kind of reinforces like a the theme and b the plot so like in this one the kid makes this robot and he brings it to the science fair and lightning strikes outside and he somehow has put like a sensor on it or something that gets all the robot goes insane when it sees lightning and it trashes a bunch of the other science fair exhibits and so you know then he's like well I think what I've learned is that when you create something, you're responsible for it, you know, and whatever. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't get into, like, bullshitty literature interpretation of, like, this probably had something to do with Mary Shelley's anxiety about having babies or something. You know what I mean? It was like, it's a more straightforward interpretation. Um. And yeah, and like the, you know, the book ends, of course, with Frankenstein pursuing the monster to like the Antarctic or the Arctic, one or the other. Doesn't really matter, does it? 
Um, and you know, Frankenstein is like delirious because he's been chasing this creature through the snow or whatever, and he gets rescued. So he's on a ship and he's talking to the ship's captain and he's like, no, I have to continue pursuing this creature. And the captain's like, you're delirious or whatever. And is tucking little wishbone like under a blanket into bed. And it's like the most adorable thing you've ever seen. This uh, episode of wishbone also reminded me of what I thought was odd slash hilarious about the book Frankenstein. And like the more it's been probably 20 years since I read it, because I'm pretty sure I read it in college. And I remember reading it at the time and thinking like, okay, so Frankenstein makes this creature, it comes to life, and then uh, basically as soon as it comes to life, Frankenstein is horrified and he's like, oh my God, it's horrible. You know, it's like this twisted version of life and it's so ugly and I'm disgusted by what I've done and whatever. So he basically yells at this creature and is like, I'm going out to the bar and when I get back, you better not be here. (laughs) And so, well, first of all, in Wishbone, Wishbone does this, you know, so Wishbone's like yelling at the creature and it's like the, so funny, you know, because he's like barking at this guy uh, dressed in, you know, Frankenstein makeup. (laughs) And then, um, but then confirmed. He basically leaves the house, comes back a few hours later, the creature's gone, and he's like, ah, taken care of. And I'm like, this is like the most irresponsible, dumbest moment in a classic monster book, I think. With the exception of Dracula, uh, in which Bram Stoker excised the ending of Dracula being the castle exploding. And I was like, you had all this shit about how Arthur Godalming became Lord whatever, and, you know, that somehow helped them fight Dracula or some shit. Did all this bullshit, and you're like, you know what we need to take out of this book is an explosion. The one explosion. If your story has one explosion in it, I, I would leave it. Consider leaving it in. But anyway, it, uh, Wishbone confirmed for me that that does happen in the book. That he just leaves and comes back and then he's like, yeah, that's taken care of. And then I guess just goes about his work for a while until he is like, I feel regret for doing this. <laughs> you know, he's like a bad dad who left in the night and then two years later is like, oh, maybe I've made a mistake. Or maybe more accurately, it's like a dad who left the family and then 15 years later, his son like murders somebody and he's like, ooh. Well, I wonder if my influence would have helped that. But maybe also that dad is like, you know, glad I got out of that. (laughs) Glad I didn't get involved in that situation, huh? Glad I didn't stick around for that. Anyway, it's one of my favorite moments in classic literature that I think is very underrated, which is that he's just like, because what the fuck? That's what he's been working for this whole time. And the second he gets it, he's like repulsed and is like, oh, fuck, this was a bad idea. Never mind. And it's like, what do you mean, never mind? No. Um, the only other things I have to say about uh, Frankenstein, uh, Frankenbone, one is that there's a fighting game engine called Mugen, and people basically use it to make any kind of character. Uh, you can put basically any two-dimensional figure into it and 
program them to be a character in a fighting game. And apparently Wishbone is an available character, although I could find no proof of this online. But um, I believe me, I looked and I could find nothing. But apparently that's it is possible. And I was delighted by this. The other thing is, at one point for a Potoween, I remember looking up uh, graves to visit. You know, I was like, oh, I could do like a graves tour for Potoween. And I looked up Wishbone, who his real name is Soccer the Dog. And Soccer the Dog is buried, I believe, in Plano, Texas. Definitely in Texas on uh, his owner's ranch. Uh, he's been dead quite a long time. But I, I found that, I don't know, there was something just nice about knowing that he had a final resting place. And that, you know, the, the world knows about it. So I'm like, I guess enough people care about it to, you know, that uh, it's like on his Wikipedia or something. And I was like, good job. But anyway, Wishbone, good job, Wishbone. I, you know, as a, a librarian and a uh, English major, you, who knows? Maybe you made me what I am today. So, you know, blame Wishbone, I guess is what I'm saying. 